God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. This episode of Woman Evolve is sponsored by Olay Body. Olay Body just launched a collection of skincare-inspired body washes that include premium skincare ingredients and are designed to treat a variety of skin conditions and types. Olay Soothing Body Wash with Vitamin B3 Complex and Oat Extract is specifically made to soothe eczema-prone skin. Olay's exfoliating and moisturizing body wash with sugar, cocoa butter, and vitamin B3 transforms skin from a dry and dull to radiant and smooth. Olay Body Wash is one of my favorites on the girls. They've been struggling with eczema, rashes, and just being out in the sun too much this season. And Olay Body Wash has soothed their skin. It's shining, it's vibrant, it's beautiful. You need to give these Olay Body Washes a try. They completely changed the way I think about my body care routine and shower. You can find Olay Body Care products in store or online. Olay Body, fearless in my skin. Lower, 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 stomp the devil lower. Huh? Stop saying lower. Now, if you're going to sing, sing the song. But you know what? We're not finished going lower because the next thing we do is higher, 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 higher. Lift Jesus higher. Who went to vacation Bible school? It's almost summertime for the Woman Evolved podcast. And I just wanted to remind you all that vacation Bible school needs to come back. Okay. We need y'all rebooting classics, reboot vacation Bible school. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Oh my, oh my, you know, you felt something. What is happening? Fola Ola says it is 5.21 a.m. in Malaysia Wednesday here. What's up? How you doing? Womni Evolve is in the chat. They said, hey, delegation, how you doing? Brianna Hammond said, now why you made us commingle with YouTube last week? They saved, saved over there. YouTube is saved. You think YouTube is saved? Can I tell y'all something? Facebook is super saved. Tell me, what you talking about? I don't even understand. Is there division between Facebook and YouTube? The audience, there's division. Okay, I don't know what happened last week. My sister hosted the podcast, but I heard there were technical difficulties. Her laptop charger died. I heard things were raggedy as raggedy could be, okay? Um, so that's all right, because you're back with me. Back at it like we never left, okay? And Jamie says, please turn the volume higher, higher. Higher, 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 higher. Is it me? Is it me? I need to be higher. Say more. Latavia Scott says, like, am I the only one pumped up for this live? I love my SJR and my sisters. What's up, Latavia? I see you, sis. Thank you for showing me love. Uh, Danielle King says, did somebody already pray that Satan, (laughs) it says Dayton, but I said Satan doesn't come after us on Facebook right now. 
We have Facebook working. I don't know what's going to happen, but we are here. We are live in this thing. April T. Jones says, I did worship in arts for Vacation Bible School. Let me tell you something. Um, then somebody says, uh, Alethea says, TikTok is truly saved. Are they? Tell me. Adrian says, we still have Vacation Bible School here in South Carolina. We have a summer camp. But we don't have vacation. First of all, who named it vacation Bible school? Them three words don't even go together. (laughs) First of all, why was we pumped? Like, I just got out of school and you're telling me that we're going on vacation. Excited. You're telling me we're going to be reading my Bible on vacation. A little confused. Then you put school on the end of it. I have clocked out. But I couldn't deny when I was there. Lower, 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 lower. Um, I am a C-H. I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Come on, somebody. Then, then, what, you know, the old school. No, well, because I was moving on. It's a medley. It's a medley. I'm moving on. It's a medley. The next one I have is um, Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons, had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Now then, why we get right hand, left hand? Where'd that come from? why we do that? Right? Because it was like right hand. why we add that in there? What I'm saying is this, um, you know, whatever. Uh, Leisha said, it is 9.23 a.m. in Fiji. I tried to tell you all that the delegation was international and y'all just not understanding what I'm saying. Lorana says, then vacation Bible school hot dogs used to be slamming. I used to not want to go, but could not deny when I was in the building. I'm having the time of my life. Spelling bee, the Bible that I preach with unto now is a Bible that I want at vacation Bible school spelling bee in 1996. I didn't even know I still had that Bible. I found it in the bottom of something. Let me tell you how how the Lord will stick with you even when you ain't stuck with him. I found that Bible uh, um, at my parents' house in a box. And I was like, let me bring this Bible close to my heart. And now I get to say things like I've had this Bible since 1996 as if I was really taken care of. It's really beautiful the way the Lord will just make it seem as if you was who you were the whole time when you wasn't. Come on, somebody. I'm already preaching. Christian Abilene says that song triggers me. (laughs) They sang it my whole to me me my whole childhood. That's all right. Vanessa says vacation Bible school is fun. We need adult vacation Bible school. Can some of us have adult vacation Bible school? We want to go on vacation. We want to read our Bibles on vacation. We can't call it school though because we don't want to go to school. But vacation Bible, y'all was onto something. It's giving woman evolve retreat vacation Bible is. We need a woman evolve vacation Bible retreat on an island for save girl summer. With in Fiji, we already got a road there. We already got to connect in Fiji. I just think we should make it happen. Jaleesa, what's up, Mama? She says, "Oh yeah, we sure do have vacation Bible school here in South Carolina. South Carolina, but low key, it used to be lit in my church. It was when I could see all my crushes. Let me tell you something. They have like steam camps and stuff. But let me tell y'all something. It's something about vacation." Bible school. Jessica Lemon said Bible drills used to hit. Bible drills used to big hit. Used to big hit. That's also where I joined the um, step team. What? Attention. Hmm? 
I used to love it. Couldn't tell me nothing. This is that was my first probate was vacation Bible school. My my next one will be in heaven because as we already discussed, my funeral will be a probate, not a regular regular funeral. I have been inspired by DMX and Kanye West and what had happened there. And so please remember, y'all don't let them. If they got on choir robes in my funeral, y'all fail me. <laughs> I want a probate. I'm crossing over. Make it happen, okay? Um, Tiffany says you you're you're left, right, left, yeah, right, left, left, right, boop, boop. Okay. Maureen says we need our own airport and planes. Yeah, I know the Saints are not ready, but some of the Saints are ready. Okay. Some of the Saints are ready. Okay. Tanya Baker says Woman Evolve Fellowship Island, please. We could do, we could do like a we need a small island that we could call the Woman Evolve Takeover. And it could just be a Woman Evolve Island. I love this. It feels good. It feels on brand. Um I'm going to call somebody. I don't know who I'm going to call, but uh, me and Shanice probably start with what? Amazon? <laughs> Can we order it prime? And then we'll just see what happens from there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Elaine says, hey, y'all. Greetings from Chicago. What's up? Alexis Edgy says, I definitely go to adult vacation. I definitely go to adult vacation Bible school. Think about it. You want to get in your word. You also want to go on vacation. You want to leave vacation feeling like I didn't just rest. I also received... I think we need a week. We could do a cruise when everything clear up and Clorox is back where it needs to be. We could do a vacation Bible school cruise. You know you love it. You know you love it. It's given. All right. Angelic says, let's call Richard Branson. Let's get his island. I totally agree. Can you please call him for me? <laughs> can, please, can, please, can we? <laughs> Jaleesa says, I would love to do singing like that and help plan to something like that and plan to. I love it. June says, Jamaica. We could do it in Jamaica. It's. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Okay. Um. All right. Listen. So... Aaliyah, I see you. She says, God is providing us a woman evolved island by the end of 2021. In Jesus' name, I claim it. I'm going to put my claim on it as well. All right, let's get into this getting two. Okay. So, um, one, I'm sorry I'm late. If you're listening to the audio, you're like, you're not late, sis. You're right on time. I'm late. I'm recording on Tuesday instead of Monday because life has been life in the way life only can. And yet here I am, back up in your AirPods, back up on your television and your phone, because you know, we got to make things happen. Okay. So you know what we do? Rescue and Eve. We about to see what is happening out in the world. Vanilla says I was the president at my step team. I love step team. Could not tell me nothing. What? Write down all of the things. You can't see me, but I'm doing all the moves. If you're listening, you can't see me, but I'm doing all the all of them, okay? All right, so Rescue Eve. Rescue Eve, we take some time and see what is happening in the highways and the byways. Who out here is doing the Lord's work and who out here is working against what the Lord is doing, but how can we rescue him? Because we all know what it's like to be working against what God is trying to do in our life, Okay. We know this. Taryn Hilton says, SJR, these arm movements. This is it. <laughs> this is what I got right. Oh, you can't even, you can't see me if you're listening, but I'm, I'm moving. Oh, oh, about face. I'm about my face. Look at God. He was prophesying. Cause look at me now about face. Huh? Contour and highlight. All right. 
Jessica says, can we borrow Tyler's Island? All we can do is ask. <laughs> All we can do is ask. Now I ain't going to lie to you. He's probably going to tell us no, you know, but all you can do is ask. And that's what we're going to do. Ask and you may not receive. That's the other part of the scripture they don't always tell you about. Sometimes you ask and receive a no. They're not really clear about what you ask and ask and you shall receive. See, and let me tell y'all something. I didn't mean to preach, but here I am. When the scripture says ask and you shall receive, it doesn't say that you're going to receive what you ask for. You're just going to receive something, okay? You might receive a no. You might receive a pause. You might receive an absolutely not. And every now and then you might receive a yes. But don't let that receive part convince you that you're going to receive every time you ask because sometimes you need to ask and receive the lesson to not get and get. All right. Here we are. Okay. Here we go. Um, Rescue Eve. Rescue Eve is when we take a moment and do what needs to be done. Okay, so I guess our brethren, Uncle Steve, Steve Harvey is blasted on Twitter for a resurfaced clip claiming that men and women can't be friends. A clip of Steve Harvey making a 2010 appearance on CNN's Face to Face with Frederica resurfaced in the now viral video. Harvey claims a man is incapable of having a platonic friendship with a woman without an ulterior motive. He stated, he's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. We remain your your friends in hopes that one day there will be a crack in the door, a chink in the armor. He said in an attempt to dispel this myth of friendship and trust and believe that guy you think is just your buddy. He will slide in that crack the moment he gets the opportunity. Can I ask y'all a question? Um, um, do y'all believe that you can have platonic friendships? Woman evolved. Let's talk about it. Can you have platonic friendships with a man and be in a relationship, okay? Um, can you have a platonic, period, period. Can you just have a platonic friendship with a male who you've never dated? I want to specify that because some of y'all are the best of friends with people who y'all no longer date because you no longer want to be with them, so you friend zone them very easily. Because I could tell Shanice was like, I could tell I was over here saying, and Shanice, I could tell she was ready. Chess was poked out. Yeah, I can be friends with them. I have t plenty of male friends. When I put in that, not someone you've been with, Chess shrunk on down, okay? <laughs> she, Trash, it shrunk on down. Because just because you know you don't want to be with him anymore, that makes it platonic. No, hey, can you just be friends with someone and it be platonic? Never been with them. Kelly says, yes, a man that you're not attracted to. Uh, Lanisha says, we should be able to. Contessa says, yes, my best friend is a man. Come on, somebody. So, Contessa, talk to us. We have questions. So, so all right, Contessa, yes, my best friend is a man. Shanice wants to know, is he attractive or not attractive? Have you ever thought about it or was it purely platonic the whole time? Has he ever came your direction? Is he friend zoning there waiting for a crack in the armor? What do you say? Jaleesa says, yes, one of my best friends is a man. We love this. We love this. Uh, Star says, I believe you can as long as you know where each other stands. No hidden agendas. Just be transparent. Claudia says, yes, why not? Antoinette says, I have a male friend, but is very surfaced. And at one point he did try me. I agree with Steve. When you have male friends and you're single, you are blocking your husband. Really? I don't, you think, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, because if it's really just a male friend, then it's just a male friend. I don't now, I'm going to say this, I don't have any male friends. 
I don't. I'm trying to think. That's like friends. I don't have like a friend that is just my male friend that's not friends with my husband. And I would dare to say that most of the male friends that I have are basically friends that PT had that have become like, okay, that's my brother, you know? But I don't think like, I can't see it. I don't feel like, I don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't, but I don't. And I'm not going to go out and look for a male friend to prove a point because nobody has time for that. But, and does my husband have, my husband doesn't have female friends. Now, my husband's a pastor, so we have female members who, um, <laughs> shut up, Shanice. Um, <laughs> we have female members who, you know, need him as a pastor, but they get us as a pastor. You know what I mean? The way our, the way our ministry is set up, <laughs> you know, like now he's counseled them and stuff solo. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, she calling, let me hop on the phone. It ain't like that. But she also knows that I'm his wife. You know what I mean? So there's respect there. So that's probably the closest to that, that I can explain. There's no secrets. It don't, and nothing is sketchy. They're respectful of me. I'm respectful of them. That's, you know what I mean? That's that. Okay. Ashley says, I mean, question is, is the male looking eyes, you know, you know, what is that? What is that? Rochelle says, my best friend since I was 15 has been a man. He's been through many phases in my life and has remained ride or die. Never been with him. Come on, somebody. Adrian says, one of my best friends from K5 is a male and we have never crossed lines. Come on. Lanisha says, it should be a possibility. I don't see why not. Okay, so I have questions. How does the male friend, like, does your relationship dynamic change when you're in a relationship or does it remain the same? I think it's possible. Like, if you have a male friend that's basically like a brother to you, a lot of these people are like, we've been together from K5. Like, he just, you know, I can imagine because I have brothers, like, he looks out for me. There's nothing going on there. Like, and then when you're dating someone, if y'all's relationships, the friendship stays the same, then I think that's a true friendship. If it has to shift because you're in a relationship then that would be a little sketchy to me but it seems like it would be just like with any other friend like you dating somebody he like okay let me you know go out to dinner have lunch with them whatever when you do that moment where your boyfriend meets your friends but beyond that I mean is that a big deal tell me about it Benia says you can have platonic friendships with men in my heathen days I couldn't but now I can <laughs> um, Cynthia says yes you alright yes okay so are we going to rescue you Steve Harvey for saying this or not Cherise says yes and no because the men once not fully rooted in Christ going to end up wanting something somewhere down the road <laughs> and Queen says I don't agree with that Okay, let's see, let's see. These comments are rolling in fast about this. Kelly says, SJR said, the way our ministry is set up. I know that's right. Uh, let's see. Queen says, yes, it's all about balance. I can't be giving my male friend too much of my time when I have a man. Ashley Tate says, Brianna Hammond, I just want to hug her because how, oh, I don't know who, who we hugging. We hugging me? Tell me. Say more. I got to scroll up and see Brianna's comments so I can understand what's happened. Uh, Lanisha says, I had male friends more when I was younger. I mean, the kind that were legit just friends so okay we love it Tiffany says my husband has a few female friends but he grew up with them platonic opposite sex friendships can respectfully happen I believe it's all about the maturity level and the honesty between the parties for sure I'm with it I'm with it internet says yep I don't think it's possible but if a man is attractive he is always going to try you I you know I don't know 
I don't know. Cache, we're not on advice. We're just talking about platonic friendships. Okay. So are we rescuing Steve Harvey for saying this then? Can we at least understand how he could feel like this is not possible? When a person says something, they're generally talking about their tendencies in friendships or relationships. So this is probably a culture that he invested some of his time in and was like, I'm not going to be your male friend. Like we either doing something or we aren't doing something. And if I'm waiting, I'm waiting on the opportunity to do something. Maybe we rescue him just because he's putting us on game for a certain culture of people okay but not but not fully because y'all are obviously saying differently um shy brianna says tell shy to pull up a chair she's always in the cut just come why don't you come sit on your laptop in the background (laughs) why don't that would be great and then that way i could just look back at you and they could see you i could put a little mic on you you could unmute when you want to say stuff i just you should you should i'm gonna get shy to do a podcast with me it's going to be a nice little toe, dip your toe in the water. You want to do it today? No. You'll do it next, and you're going to be off next week. <sighs> we'll have a meeting. We're having a team meeting after this. Okay, Tanya says rescue Steve. Jessica says no. Oh, no, sis, we don't rescue. All right, we're going to rescue Tracy says, yes, rescue. Tanya says, yes, rescue. Roshana says, well, he is a man. Rescue him. And Whitney Nicole says, rescue. All right, we're going to rescue him. I'm with it. Um, okay, listen, I have concerns. There is a woman in Michigan, moving on to our next rescue. A Michigan woman nearly lost her vision last week after she mistook a bottle of nail glue for eye drops. According to the report, that woman, Yasidra Williams, said she went to sleep with her contact lenses in, but woke up at 1 a.m. and wanted to take them out because her eyes were dry. Williams said she reached inside her purse and grabbed what she believed to be eye drops. Instead, Williams took a similarly sized white bottle of nail glue, which she typically used to repair broken fingers. William was with her husband when she said she realized the mistake. I was like, oh, my goodness. And it dropped in my eye and I tried to wipe it away and it sealed my eye shut. My God, my God. William says, I just started throwing cold water and I was trying to pull my eyes apart, but I couldn't. That had to be scary. And I was just screaming for him to call 911. Williams also rushed to was rushed to an area hospital where doctors opened her eyes and removed her contact lenses. Whew. Doctors told Williams that her contact lens is less likely, um, lenses likely saved her vision. She said, they said that the contact saved my vision. They kept saying, you'll probably lose your lashes. Let me tell you something, sis. First of all, we rescuing her because I've seen some of y'all's glasses when y'all don't have on them contact lenses and I know how much you need them glasses. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, I'm not even talking because my day is probably coming, okay? Because I can already tell sometimes I look at the clock and it's just a blur, okay? So I'm not even, this is not from a place of judgment, but I've seen some of your glasses and I know that you cannot just afford to be up at 1 a.m. and fishing around for things without being able to have all of the lights on and see properly. I would like to rescue. Um, Secondly, you know, when the doctor said that you about lost your lash, you'll probably lose your lashes, honey. I don't have any to begin with, and I was going to need a strip anyway. If you could just help me get to where I'm supposed to be. Okay, Jessica says, send the jet. We are sending the jet for Yasidra. Yasidra, my friend, my sister, I am so sorry. Um, Taryn says, without my glasses or contacts, I can't see a thing. I know that that's some of y'all's testimony. 
Because I know people who my brother told me one time that if he doesn't have in his on his contact lenses or his glasses, that we just look like chocolate bars to him. He says he doesn't know. We just look like life size Easter bunnies without his glasses. Some of the saints can't be out here seeing. So you talking about small bottle of something at 1 a.m. in the dark in your eyes. I see it. I see what happened. OK, how about that? Um, Takel says, oh, no. Priscilla says, so scary. Cherie says, how? Rescue her ASAP. Yes, let's rescue. Let's rescue. Madison says, rescue for the ones who ain't got 2020 vision. As Perry cues the music, my lid, my lid, it don't move. Is that a song? Can you send us that song so I can sing it next week? Nicole says, send everything. Says, we sending you the private jet. We sending you floaties. We sending you a boat because we understand what it's like. Okay, Vanessa says, yes, yeah, she can get, she can definitely get rescued. Miss Ross says, LOL, you're definitely talking about me. I need glasses to find my glasses. I, I understand. I'm not there yet, but I'm, you know, I, I believe because both of my parents that need glasses or contact lenses. So I already know that there's going to come a day where reading these comments ain't going to be cute. <laughs> It ain't going to be rapid fire, okay? It's going to be when I can get to it and however I can see. You better write in all caps because I know it's coming. Tiffany says, so I can definitely see how this happened, but I wonder why sis just didn't physically get up and take the contacts off instead of re-wetting them. Let's save her. Let's, we going to save you. We going to save you. Kelly says she was half sleep. She was half sleep and half sleep. Anything could happen. I have been half sleep during the daytime and, and terrible things have happened to me. Things that are like so random and so weird. It's fine. Everything is all right, okay? Ashley says, wait a minute. Did you just call folks glasses thick as semen? I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> but here we are. I didn't say it. You said it, okay? How about that? Karen says, happened to me. The nail glue splattered and went across my face. Um, it's not about nail glue, but I will tell you that um, my husband and I went to an Indian birthday party let's talk about stress. We went to an Indian birthday party where they asked for the guests to dress in Indian attire. Number one question I had, is this culture appropriation? Tell me right now, because what you're not going to have me is me and my blackness sitting up, dressed up in Indian attire and like really getting dragged somewhere because I didn't know. And they were like, no, in our culture, we love for everyone to dress up. It shows respect. The more the merrier, like it's all right. So that's what the hostess told me. I went to the store to get the clothes. I asked the lady at the store just to double check because you got to have a multitude of counsel. I'm like, I'm going to this birthday party. They want us to dress up. Is this appropriation? She hit me with a no again. Anyways, she told me that when I get the little thing on my forehead, you know, it's a little thing you put in your hair and it come down here. You know what I'm talking about. She told me put a little eyelash glue on it to keep it in place. You know me, dumb, listened. Um, so I did my makeup. I tried to beat that face, put that face on, put a little eyelash glue on it. Now I got black smeared across this beautifully about face, okay? Um, and so I ended up having, I fixed it. I had to redo my forehead. You ain't never had to just redo your forehead and makeup. But anywho, um, I don't even know why I told that story. It's about glue, nail glue, whatever. All right. All I'm saying is glue is dangerous. <laughs> okay. Anyone who has ever had on them eye, eyelash glue or used eyelash glue and then saw it smeared knows that it can be a dangerous thing. Okay. Um, Kara says, what? I didn't know we had the podcast today. Me neither. I didn't know till yesterday. But here we are. Look at us here together. Sharina says, not if they ask you to do it. LOL. I don't know. I didn't know. 
<laughs> I didn't know. Um, Angelie says, rescue her. Okay, we're rescued. Um, Terrence says, since we're sharing, I use hair glue to secure my strip lashes. Glue is for show dangerous. Now, I heard that if you want your lashes on, that that's the way to do it. So use that hair glue with the red top that they will stay on forever, ever. That white duo glue, I bind that in the name of Jesus. I use the black duo glue, but now I've been using the black in the tube with that looks like a little eyeliner thing. And I can't, my eyelashes are always going to be lifting in the corners. I don't know how to put them on where they don't lift. And if you have tips, tools, or tricks, send them to me because they're going to lift. Okay. How about that? Uh, Shalandra said you have to redo your I had to redo my whole forehead that's it um, Tanner says and you heard right as our lashes will stay all day hunty alright you heard it here first use a little hair glue on there and see what happened well actually consult your doctor <laughs> consult your doctor before using hair glue for eyelash glue I'm just saying that as a disclaimer because what you're not going to do is say that I told you to do it but I'm telling you Terrence say it work all day um, but what I'm saying also is to consult with your doctor or lawyer or physician whoever you got to talk to before you do it do it and and make sure we record this part and put it up make sure it's captions on this part okay um Shantina says, my man's glasses are thick. Like, I feel like I can go blind for even trying to look in them. I've seen, I have seen some, I've been sitting beside someone who has thick glasses and just caught a little glimpse. Because <laughs> I want to see, like, how bad you need them glasses. So you lean over a little bit and look through them glasses. And some of these things, they need them, okay? They need them is what I'm saying, okay? How about that? Um, all right, listen. Who, Florida, first of all, the country of Florida, because we have removed you all from, y'all not allowed to be a part of the United States anymore. The country of Florida is at it again. Parents are criticizing a move by a Florida high school to digitally alter yearbook photos of their daughters in an effort to cover up exposed skin. Several parents of students at Bartram Trail High School in St. John's, Florida, told the St. Augustine Record that they believe school officials unfairly targeted girls with edits to yearbook photos that covered up areas of their body not covered by clothing. Y'all, in the picture, Precious Lamb, the Precious Lamb has on a black tank top and a shrug. There is a, a slight Red Sea parting that you can imagine is for where the girls reside. It's like um it's like a street sign that's pointing to where the girls reside. It's not where the girls reside, but it's just a bit a bit of it. If she gained a little bit of weight, there wouldn't be nothing there no more. But because she still, you know. Anyway, let me tell you something. They took the way they photoshopped this picture was the ghetto. They it's not aligned. It's not right. My girl is just but we're going to try and rescue them. I can't I always drag people before I rescue them. And that's not the point. We should rescue the high school for altering this picture because. Because. The church directories at Vacation Bible School would have done the same thing. No, a better one. Um, because, no, they need to leave folks' bodies alone. Can't rescue, my bad. <laughs> How are we going to rescue them? Okay, we should rescue them because I don't have it. <laughs> 
I don't have it. Gloria says Red Sea parting. Just a small Red Sea. Kiara says Florida is always doing something. Dear says we are not rescuing them. Lady says nope. Prosperity says nope. No rescue. Lady Maya um, Mona says nope. Olani says they were trying to do right but didn't. Shantina says they are ignorant. They are like the aunties at church giving courtesy napkins. Honey, I received a courtesy napkin at my own <laughs> one day, one time. Venice says it's not even that bad. They can go visit Lucifer is what she said. Uh, Mill says she yellow now. Re- rescue the people of Florida. She's yellow. Like they 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 botched this Photoshop. They've changed her skin color. Her, the Red Sea parting isn't there, but now her shirt is shifted in a way that it just wasn't like that. I don't know. I don't know. Kendra says rescue. Shout out Bartram. Rescue, shout out Bartram Trails soccer team. All right, Kendra. All right. So we're going to rescue. Are we going to rescue Florida? Don't seem like it. Don't seem like it. Jana says no rescue. Rashonda says her complexion is off too. Jasmine says it's a no from me. No rescue. No rescue. Lorana says, was it a Christian school? It was not a Christian school because I would have done that. Um, Ness says this is not Duval. Right? Did I do it right? When I went to Jacksonville, they told me I had to say Duval. Right? All right. She says it's not Duval County. LOL. Angela says no rescue. Okay, so... We tried a little bit. We tried a little bit, but, you know, we can't try all the way. We tried, but we couldn't try all the way, okay? Um, I don't know. Maybe, okay, maybe they were trying to rescue her because they felt like she would not want to be presented in that way. Maybe they projected their ideas of how they would want to be presented onto someone else. And we've seen this happen before. And in the process of doing that, ended up offending her and several other girls. There were other pictures where they like put clothes on somebody's shoulders. Y'all need to stop. Maybe they were just trying to say, you know what? We we want your skin to be at its best. And so if it's not at its best, we're going to cover up the rest. Maybe they felt like, Maybe they felt like she needed an exfoliation. Maybe they felt like she needed some lotion on her. Ooh, I cannot tell you how many times I've posted a picture and needed some lotion myself and said, I wish that somebody would have photoshopped this ash off of my elbows. But, um, you know, they were thinking ahead. Maybe, but you know what? If they really meant that, though, instead of photoshopping her picture, what they could have done instead was buy her some Olay body wash. The Olay exfoliating and moisturizing body wash with sugar, cocoa butter, and vitamin three, vitamin B3. Have you tried it? Because if you have not tried it, I have to tell you, I highly suggest it. And this is actually no gas because I have daughters who have eczema and dry skin and I use this body wash on them and it was what? Life-changing. This episode of Woman Evolve is sponsored by Olay Body. Summer is right around the corner and chow, you know what that means. Our skin has to be glowing from head to toe. Olay Body just launched a collection of skincare-inspired body washes that include premium skincare ingredients that are designed to treat a variety of skin conditions and types. Can we be honest for a moment? That back acne, God wants us to be free from that. Have you ever said, I wish that I could put this body wash, this facial wash on my back, on my shoulders, on my arms, because this body acne is not happening. You need a body wash that uses premium skincare ingredients and Olay has you covered 
Olay exfoliating and moisturizing body wash made with sugar and cocoa butter exfoliates to improve skin without drying it out. So you step out the shower with nourished, radiant skin. I'm telling you, this is my own jam. I was in, well, you guys know a couple weeks ago, I went to Mexico. And usually when I'm on vacation, I don't put on lotion. I'm going to be honest with you because I'm getting in the pool and it ain't no point me putting on lotion and getting in the pool. But there was one day I said, I'm going to put on lotion. I put on lotion. My skin was glistening. I was like, I'm going to start putting on lotion like like a lot. <laughs> like, like a lot. Like head to toe. Not just where the parts where y'all going to see. Like I'm going to put on lotion a lot. And I'm going to start using this exfoliating moisturizing body wash so I can be out here glistening. You need to give this body wash a chance. Elevate your body care routine. You can find Ole Body Care products in store or online. Ole Body, fearless in my skin. Amen. Amen. Daniel King says, my back knee is horrible. You don't know how bad your back knee is until... Back knee? No, back knee is a word. Back acne? Oh, yeah. You don't know how bad it is until it's time to have them, them shoulders out, okay? Until it's time to put on that bathing suit. Be free. Coley Joe says, rescue. Girls are showing too much these days. Then they get harassed. Oh, you're on another story, okay? Um, all right, so listen. Here's the thing. Honestly, though, sometimes, like, no gas with the back knee and whatever else you're working through. Sometimes it's like, let me do what I can do to figure it out. And then it's other days, like, you're going to have to get this body. You're going to have to accept this body and this skin that I'm in. Don't let that back knee keep you from giving us a little bit of shoulder this summer, okay? We need a little soldier. Daniel King says, wait, SJR, you don't moisturize the melanin. I do moisturize the melanin, but I am not, like, I don't luxuriate. I don't know if it's mom life, but when I get out the shower, I be tired. So I like take the lotion. It don't be this full on. You know how your grandmother would be rubbing in circular motions all of No, I take that lotion. I said there are sometimes it's not rubbed in all the way and I'd be like it'll be all right. It'll sink in. It'll sink in. I'm gonna just put it on there. But I don't be I don't, but I'm going to. I'm going to start taking better care of my body and my skin by actually like taking a moment to lotion myself the way my granny did with Jurgen's lotion, okay? Um Nikki says, didn't realize back knee was a thing. Back knee is a thing. The Saints be having back knee. I have some back knee. Okay. Abby Jordan says, I feel you, SJR. I be tired putting lotion on. I'm t First of all, it is exhausting putting on lotion. But <laughs> you got to stretch. You got to do yoga to like turn around and lift your leg up and move all around. And sometimes I don't have it like that. I don't. But I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. Antoinette says, I love Jergens. Oh, I probably should have mentioned her, but that's how my grandmother used to do is what I'm saying. Joanne Patrick says, this is great info. Pastor SJR, thanks for this podcast. God bless you. Amen. Tan W says, luxuriate. I so skipped that part two where it's not just um, that part two. Whew, it's not just me. I blame mommyhood too because I just don't have time. When I put on lotion, lotion is for me leaving the house to be honest. And when I have time to take a shower and put on lotion, I am self-caring like no one has ever self-cared before. When I have time to put on lotion, shave, put on, uh, take a shower, shave, put on lotion, and do my facial routine, brush my teeth, floss, and put in my nighttime retainer, I am basically a single woman at this point. I have taken so much time to myself that I have no responsibilities because most of the time, you're not going to get that three-minute brush where you're hitting all the sides in the corners. I don't want 
want to talk about it, but I am talking about it. But what I'm saying is I'm doing the best I can out here. Okay. Jamie says, I never moisturize. I do think it's time to start. It is time to start putting on lotion. Nikki Forehand says, y'all married ones can use your husbands to lotion you. It says single folks out here struggling. Nikki, the only thing about using your husband's hands to moisturize you is that they're not going to actually care about moisturizing you. It's going to turn into something. Rather be ashy sometimes. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, she needs to tell me to be quiet. Okay. <laughs> Davida says, yes, especially not with the five-year-old. Okay. Um. All right, listen. Moving on. Coley Joe says, my roommate did all that moisturizing after every shower. I just got tired watching her. I know you exhausted. <laughs> you done put on all of that lotion and now you have to go to bed because you're tired. But look at me watching TV with my snacks, enjoying myself. Okay, anymore. And moving on. Um... Danielle Bennett says, I just got on. We're talking about facial care. No, we're we're having a safe space of talking about how some of us don't put on lotion <laughs> and then be mad when we look down at our flip-flops and them toes looking like now. You know you ain't put no lotion on me, okay? Um, all right, listen. So moving on to Hail Mary. Hail Mary is, oh, there's my husband. I was just talking about you. you yes, I was. Um. You want to do the you you might I mean because I'm live on the. Po- I want to kiss your mouth. You want to kiss my mouth? Yeah. Hi. What's up? Nothing. How you doing? Can you lean in a little closer huh? so because they can't oh. hear you unless you say something. Um, they was mm. just ta- I was talking about how I don't put on lotion all the time when I get out the shower and I'm because you, you, you smooth you 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 be smooth. Right, right, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, they told me that I could use my husband's hands to moisturize. Oh, praise God! And, yes. and that's, that's why, and that's exactly yes. why I'm going to be God ashy. Has, <laughs> that's, that's exactly why I will be ashy. Okay, he's he moved on by. Everything's fine. Okay. Um, um, they said, hey, PT. Danielle says, hey, PT. Angelique said, hey, PT. Um, Shantina says, all the words left her mouth as soon as PT walked in. That's my guy. All right. So it's time for Hail Mary. Hail Mary is a time in the podcast where, okay, they're not, the comments have been taken over by PT comments. <laughs> Um, okay, it's the time in the podcast. Lorana says he thought you said you wanted him to come put on your lotion. He he did. That he did. Okay, listen. All right. Hail Mary. Focus. Be a professional. Jesus. Okay, Hail Mary. A time in the podcast where we talk about what's going on in the neighborhood, the people who are doing incredible things that are worthy of acknowledging. Our first Hail Mary is actually a Hail Joseph, which is what we call it when the fellas are involved. And it is going to Charles Barkley. Charles Charles Barkley gifted $1,000 to every employee working in his hometown school district. First of all, we're always going to have a big ups when the Saints are out here giving out the coins. Charles Barkley has been quietly taking... <laughs> hmm? Yeah, I'm okay. It's the sign. It's the sign. No, they can't see it. Everything's fine. Okay, listen. Charles Barkley has been quietly taking care of people in his hometown for about 30 years. The former NBA player and sports analyst was born and raised about 10 miles outside of Birmingham, Alabama, and he gave every single employee in the Leeds School District 
200 that's over 200 employees more than two hundred thousand dollars according to the state he says being a school employee is tough but driving a bus teaching coaching or working in the cafeteria all while maintaining safety protocols has been a daunting task during a worldwide pandemic we are beyond thankful to know our hometown hero and benefactor charles barkley recognizes the hard work and dedication of the lead staff even under the toughest circumstances we love that LaRonda says, Charles be taking care of them, folks. We love it. Jail says, as a teacher, I appreciate that so much. So glad. So glad. Um, Jaleesa says, wait, so I need to leave my district and move where? You need to move to Leeds, Alabama. Leeds, Alabama. Okay. Chris says, wow, let the church say amen. And Danielle says, wow, that's amazing. We absolutely positively love to see it. The next Hail Mary story we have, I had to move my tabs over everything. Oh, it's Tracy Ellis Ross. I love this. Okay, so Tracy Ellis Ross has been talking about the societal pressure to marry and have kids. You know, I love this. She was asked if she wanted a big family and she says, well, how could you not? She continued, I used to put myself to sleep dreaming of my wedding, stating that she would still love for it to happen, but Tracy made it clear that she had things to do and I would still love all of that, but what am I going to do? Just sit around waiting? Shut up. I've got so many things to do. Ross also said something similar last year. She says, I wish I had known there were other choices, not just about how I could be living, but how I could feel about the way my life was. I was raised by society to dream of my wedding, but I just wish I had been dreaming of my life. I love this so very much because even when you get in marriage, like if they only teach you to dream about a wedding, when you get in marriage, you're like, what is my life about now? So obviously I think it's really important for us to recognize that one, everyone's dream is different. It doesn't have to have that fairy tale wedding at the end. And that doesn't mean that it is any less valuable. You walking across that stage could be your dream. You starting that business could be a part of your dream. But that idea of you don't have worth or value unless you've had that experience. I hope that we are able to really eliminate that from the culture because it ain't hot. Okay. We love it. Amanda says, amen. But sad. Oh, she's talking about Charles, Charles, uh, Charles Wackerly. Uh, Tisha says, exactly. Life doesn't just stop. Jessica Ferris says, I love it. Chris says, yes, I totally agree with that. Terrence says, I love her so much. Totally understand where she's coming from. Joanne Johnson says, I understand Tracy, I understand Tracy Ross. There was something when I was reading this full article, she was like, how can I not want it? It's basically force fed to you since you are a little girl. And so I love that she's taking the time to really shed a different narrative because I really think that it is worth having conversation about. Carolyn Hayes says, yes. Tracy. Erica Williams says, this is why I love Tracy. We love to see it. Okay. And our next Hail Mary is, okay, so COVID forces too many parents to choose between work and helping their kids with remote classes. This CNN hero is giving families the support to do both. I am talking about Jennifer Maddox. Okay. Uh, we don't want them to make the choice, me earning a living versus my child getting an, an education. What type of choice is that? Said the founder of C a founder of Future Ties, a nonprofit after school program on Chicago's South Side. She has been doing this since 2001. Maddox and her organization have provided mentoring, tutoring, and a safe space for more than 100 children living in the Parkway Gardens home, a low-income apartment complex where a young Michelle Obama once lived. At 
As a member of the Chicago Police Department for more than 20 years, Maddox observed firsthand the obstacles young people in struggling communities face. When the pandemic hit, she knew she needed to temporarily retailer her program to fit the family's needs during this unchartered time. A lot of people lost their jobs and now they're gradually starting to go back to work. Many of the parents we are supporting, they are actually leaving the home to go to work and can't afford to stay at home to supervise their kids while they're on remote learning. So Maddox transformed her center into an e-learning hub. That is so smart, where remote students receive technology and the support they need. Big ups to her. These e-learning hubs where you can take your child, make sure they're still doing their homework, but still go into the workplace. That is super, super dope. So big ups to you, Jennifer Maddox. We love that. Taryn says, yes, Miss Jennifer, and her cut is fire, okay? I love that. Mark Weed says, oh, good evening, Pastor. I love you and thank you for your book. Thank you for reading it and supporting it. Um, let's see. Mill Bailey said, Mill Bailey says, a beautiful woman helping moms in the shy. Big praise to her. Halima says, she moving. If you just, if you want to go hang out with PT, just say that. Everything's fine. Rashana says, what's the name of her organization? It's called Future Ties, and it is a nonprofit after school program on Chicago South Side. Definitely need to look her up. We're going to make a donation to Jennifer Maddox's work in Chicago because we want to make sure we're supporting women that are helping other women do what needs needs to be done. Um, I think that's all of our Hail Marys. I have to go. I, for some reason, I shut down my little Google thing, but everything's fine. Watch. Watch how everything is fine. I'm about to pop that thing back up and boom, shakalaka, there it is. I sure wish that I had one more um, situation, one more transition, but I messed up the order of the stories. And because I did that, you're about to just get a random ad right here. And this ad, honey, is for me. <laughs> this ad is for me because I am back on my noom train. I need to get my life together. Life has been lifing and I have been lifing right back. And I have not been thinking about eating salad or anything else. And I know it's more than just, I know what to eat. I already know what I need to do for my body. But this is really a mental thing. And that's why I love noom because noom gets down to the mental barrier that is keeping you from achieving the the goal that you have in mind. The goal doesn't have to be for you to lose a certain amount of weight. It could be just to have an overall healthy lifestyle. If you want to get healthy and stay healthy, you need to know more about how you make decisions. Noom gives you knowledge, tools, and confidence to make strategic choices that turn into long-term habits and those long-term habits turn into a healthier, happier you. If you're thinking, if you think about anything you've ever learned about getting healthy, you can get just as confused when it's time for you to flip that switch. But Noom helps you to actually get down to solid, concrete advice about nutrition, what's important to you, what works for your lifestyle. Eating better to feel better, understand your cravings, knowing how to shop, knowing no food is bad are just part of the reasons why I love Noom. And let me tell you, I have not given up on my summer body. And I know that it is May, but it's going to be summer somewhere by December. And I have not given up on my summer body. I want to challenge you to join me in taking care of yourself. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you make the choices you do and gives you the tool to replace your habits with healthier ones. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach means you're not just losing weight, you're building the habits you need to keep it off. There's a science to getting healthier and it's called Noom. Sign up today for your for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash evolve. Learn how to eat again 
with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash evolve. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Takala Williams says, PSJR is about to say bye. <laughs> I love you all so much. <laughs> I love you all. It's not time. We still got advice questions. Everything is fine, okay? I know my man is here. I'm not rushing y'all. I'm not rushing you off the phone, okay? Everything's fine. Um, Kara has told me it'll be summer in South Africa then. It'll be summer in South Africa. My, my summer body's got a passport, okay? It'll be ready for South Africa. May not be ready for California, but it could possibly be ready for South Africa, okay? Vanessa says you always have your summer body. That's right. That's right. Eve was talking there for a minute, but what you said was right, okay? So advice question. And let me tell you something. We have some advice questions on today. We have some advice questions on today. I'm so glad I got backup too, because I'm probably going to use my backup because I read these advice questions before the show started. And I said, Lord, it's going to be me and you up there. And God says he always provides. Okay. And Jaleesa says, PT said he's ready to lay on some some hands on SJR. Come on now, y'all stay focused. Okay, here we go. Hi, Pastor Sarah. I think I'm going to add you to my group of nieces since I'm too old to be your sister. That's all right. This question piggybacks a little bit off of your advice question from Invaluable Focus. I would give you the entire backstory, but it's a mini novel, so I will give you the cliff notes. Wait here. Here, listen to this. My father has been a 95% absentee father all of my life. Are you listening? Okay. <laughs> You need to be listening, okay? My father has been a 95% absentee father all of my life. He has never really done anything for me outside of birthday and Christmas gifts. Recently, he and my mom started hanging out again a lot. They were never married. They talk and text all day, every day. Under normal circumstances, that would be cool, but this dude has called and texted her more in the past three months than he has me my entire life. I am 49 years young. She has spent more time with him the last three months than I have in my entire life. I have never spent any alone time with him. My mother and I have had some heated conversations about it. She constantly defends him. I sent him a text telling him how I feel, and he blamed his absence on everyone but himself. He even blamed me for the lack of communication, even though he admitted his wife does not let him talk to his children or people from his past. At that point, I blocked him from social media and from my phone. I am tired of trying to fix it with people that have no desire to fix it with me. There is so much more to this, but I am sure you get the point. I am not trying to establish a relationship with him, but I need to find out how to not get triggered when they talk on the phone. She and I live together. I need to figure out how to forgive both of them and move forward. How do I do that? I keep telling her that her continuing to talk to him after I express how much his presence vexes my entire being feels like she is choosing him over me. I don't want to be angry with her. I don't want to feel like we will never be friends again, but I don't really know how to truly forgive her. As for him, I just want to forgive again, but I don't really know how to truly forgive her. Okay. Um, as for him, I just want to forgive him so I can move forward with my life without him. You know, back to normal. I am in therapy, but I wanted to see if there is more that I can do um, to get closer to having peace in my life. Sis, I can only imagine what you feel. 
considering that your mother is living with you, that means that even if you created boundaries, that those boundaries are going to have to exist within the context of your home. And so first of all, I want to acknowledge, because I'm not sure if your feelings have been validated and acknowledged, I want to acknowledge the fact that I can understand that this would be traumatic, that this would be triggering, and that this could be very, very hurtful. Having said that, you know, the idea of expressing yourself has obviously not worked to the best of its ability. And so it is going to come down to this heart posture that you're going to have to take on in order to navigate them being in communication with one another in your presence. There may be moments where you literally have to remove yourself from the room or remove yourself from the home while they're having those conversations in an effort to breathe, protect your heart and not to be further triggered. And that can be challenging. But I think that once they recognize the severity Hopefully there will be a shift, but we're not going to make these boundaries with the hope that they'll change or to try and manipulate their actions, but rather to really determine how you can have a place of peace and a place of comfort in spite of what you are experiencing in your safe place. And I also would love to get a male perspective. Oh, there's a male perspective here. Let's get a male perspective on on what can happen. You're funny. Um, no, I think, I think you, you've said it all. Um, I'm, I commend you for being in therapy because at the end of the day, um, this is about you and the only person that you can control, uh, is you and coming to Pastor Sarah's point, uh, getting to your place of peace. I think that it's important for you to really understand what's going on inside of you. Um, because what's going on inside of you is only complicated by this newfound relationship with your mother and your father. Um, it just says it's brought something up. But the issue isn't two people loving each other. Uh, obviously, there's a sense of loyalty that seems like it's been betrayed between you and your mother. And of course, you're, you're, you and your father have a whole different set of issues. But I think getting down to what really hurts I think is important. And then, you know, once you can identify that and establish some tools to work through that, then I think that you might be able to present yourself and your feelings, not from an accusatory place or a blaming place, but from a place that truly is seeking for some sort of closure. Um, and, uh, and I think that you going through therapy, particularly if you're going through therapy with the goal of really figuring out what's going on in me, I think it's good. So I know that was a lot, but um, but you're doing the right thing. You're on the right track, uh, but you want to not blame and accuse. Uh, and it sounds like you don't want to do that. Um, you, don't want to, you don't want to blame and accuse, but you want to present your most authentic self, your healthiest self. Uh, and once you do that, give them an opportunity to be a part of, um, you know, walking out a new thing or not. So that's my two cents. Eve also would like to offer some advice. Eve said if he married, tell that wife that be on the phone that much and then see if she could turn the cell phone off. I don't know. That was Eve, though. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't what PT said, but that was what Eve said. Eve said if he's still married and she don't allow him to talk to folks from her past, she might appreciate some information. But that's Eve. I don't know. Claire says, come on, PT. Dear says, why are we always picking on SJR? We gotta leave her. Uh, thank you. Cause I see you all in the comments talking about me. Um 
Brianna says, I feel like our parents just sat us down to talk. Amanda says, amen, PT. Tacola says, the doors of the church are open. <laughs> we got to get out, y'all. Um, I love this so much, though. I hope that helps. Mel Bailey says, powerful, PT. You're helping release forgiveness. Trinika Hawkins says she needs to heal and possibly seek group therapy with both parents. She's 49, so her parents are older. So what exactly are they talking about? Could be deeper than she thinks, such as life circumstances or health. Yeah, at the saw some Someone else asked why they live together, but who knows? I mean, first of all, we're in, we was in a whole pandemic. Life has shifted. Life has gotten hard. There may be some needs that mean that they need to stay together. If you have the option of being able to move out and create your own space, that may be something that you want to look towards. But if both of your parents love you, to PT's point, maybe not from a place of accusation, but really from a desire to seek healing, there's an opportunity for you guys to get some family therapy going. You're 49 years old, but you're still their daughter. And don't allow the fact that you are an adult to keep you from addressing the hurt and trauma that the little girl in you feels. She's real. She's still alive. She needs to be cared for and parented. And you may be the only parent. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but you may be the only parent who can speak to that little girl. And by that, I mean taking the time and to think, what would you say to a little girl who was in a similar circumstance? And uh, what decisions would you make on her behalf? Maya says, for a long time, I had the same issue with my dad, but choosing not to forgive had me in bondage. I also had to recognize the possibility of any relationship with my dad is better than none. Interesting. Qatar says, um, oh, they're talking about me and the way I look at you. Um, S. Freeman says, all right, PT. Love the tag team, SJR and PT. Okay, let's try. The next question. Cherie says... Bear with me. I know this is long. All right. Keep up, everybody. She says, I am a 36-year-old married mother of two, full-time employee and lawyer member of the delegation. Purr, purr. She's purring. I am also on a path of healing and facing one of the hardest decisions I might possibly have to make. In April 2020, my brother died at the age 36. In December 2020, my mother had a major stroke. Two weeks later, I had a hysterectomy, less and two weeks after that, my husband's brother died at age 39. Three weeks after that, my mother had another minor stroke followed by a series of other health issues. I am tired. She is diabetic, a chain smoker, does not drink her water, nor does she mind her business. Leave it to the delegation. <laughs> Leave it to... I'm out here. My heart is open. I'm going down the list. Okay, mom does not mind her business. Back into it. Um, she has been in recovery from her stroke and finally ditched her wheelchair and only uses her walker when needed. Today, May 10th, she had two toes amputated and will go back to the wheelchair briefly. My mother is the guardian of my six-year-old nephew. He is a ball of energy and joy and has Down syndrome. We live six hours away and my mother refuses to come live with us temporarily while she recovers. She refused to come after her stroke as well. Before I give more details, I know you like to know everything. I will start with my main advice question. If my mother is deemed unfit to continue raising my nephew, he will go into foster care unless my husband and I take custody of him. We have a nine-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. We have a good relationship with my nephew, but we only see him two or three times yearly. He loves visiting and being around our kids. He adores my husband and calls him daddy when he is with us. He does not have a steady father figure in his life. 
My mother allows my nephew to do any and everything he chooses. In addition to the struggles that he was predestined with at birth, he also has behavioral issues due to his upbringing. He is constantly sent home from school for fighting, talks back, curses like an adult, and so much more. My family expects me to get guardianship of him if anything were to happen to him. This There has never been a conversation with my husband and I about it from anyone, not even my mother. I know that my husband would support whatever decision I make, but I have real fears of taking on that role and the responsibility of my of my nephew. I do not want them to seem selfish. I do not want to seem selfish by, by not taking him in either. I guess the question is, if we have what it is required to raise him and if we have what it takes to break his habits and to give him what he needs to thrive. Okay. Um, there are quite a few more details in this and I read through them before coming on air and I won't get into them here. Um, she says, I know my mother is married, but separated, but they refuse to divorce each other. I know that's a lot. Her husband helps with my nephew on his own terms, but will not take full guardianship on period. Okay, sis, here's my suggestion. Okay. For those of you who got lost, <laughs> Danielle says, PT, we need you back. <laughs> PT wasn't listening. Here, I'm going to help you real fast, okay? My girl is married. She is a loyal member of the delegation, per. okay? She is married. Her and her husband, two children. They're doing their thing, blossoming. Her mother is responsible for her nephew. Her nephew has Down syndrome, but he also has behavioral issues. He cusses like a sailor. Sound like he need a little pow-pow in a feelings box. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, Mom has had some strokes, has some health issues, isn't doing anything to help the health issues. If they deem her unfit to take care of the boy, then the boy would go into foster care unless our girl takes him in. But girl is worried about taking him in. She says the whole family expects her to do it. This is my two cents. Then we're going to call PT back over here. Then we're going to toss it to the delegation. My two cents are that the family, you said that my family assumes that I will take him and there hasn't been a conversation about it. I think that the family needs to have a conversation about it. Instead of, this is what we do a lot of times in our culture. We have these assumptions about what will happen if something happens. And we take on these assumptions without having actual conversation about it. And so my suggestion is that you talk to the family and that you talk to your mother. You guys can all be together. It could be on Zoom, however you want to do it. And to talk about what are we going to do? Mom, your health is shifting. You know, if you're in a position where you're no longer here, anything could happen. And we haven't discussed how we're going to take care of this baby. Like, what are we going to do if something happens? And to allow the family to really come to the board. During this conversation, I would highly suggest that you talk about what you need. Don't allow the fact that you are the responsible one, that from the outside looking in, it looks like you have the stable home environment to make you the automatic candidate without you advocating for what you would need. If I'm going to do this, then dad, I would need you to do that. If I'm going to do this, then cousin, I will need you to do this. And I would also say that whatever whatever your parental non-negotiables are for your children, that should start being implemented into his care right now. Because part of the reason why you don't want to take him on is because he's been raised in a different environment than the one that you set for your children. If they want you to take on this child, then they are going to have to take on the environment that you have created for your children, even though he's not with you, so that it's not like he's dropped in your lap and then he's exposed to a culture that he's never been exposed to. Everyone's going to have to come together in order to take care of him. It shouldn't just fall on your lap without there at least being a conversation. So Danielle says, I like what SJR is saying. Makes a lot of sense. Lamaya says, that's too much. Halima says, girl, if you wanted to write into SJR and just say that, um, 
Kara says, I think it's unfair for the family to expect anything from her, especially if she and the hubby may not be able to afford an additional child. Trina says, man, listen, she needs to just take care of her immediate family with all his issues. He needs to be with someone who can handle his needs. This could affect her immediate family, a.k.a. her children. You got anything? Uh, I agree with I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> and I agree with the delegation. I think that uh, other people's expectations of you, yeah, no, no bueno. Um, at the end of the day, her and her husband have to, um, they have to come together and decide what's best for them first. They got to prioritize themselves. And when they look at the vision for their life and their capacity and their resources uh, and and if they do that and weigh everything out and say, we do have the capacity to do this and we feel called to do this, um, then they should go for it. If they don't, I think that they should be okay with not saying, you can't please everybody. Yeah. You know, like I'm talking about in the book that I'm writing, you know, no is powerful. No is liberating. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they should say no, but I think that no is an option. And yeah. I think that they should keep no on the table. Yeah, I'm with it. Thank you. So yeah, wise. You, you, you so wise. Put me to work, girl. I know. Well, you came. I thought you wanted me to. Kai, can you hand me the charger for the, because my laptop's going to die. Everything's fine. First of all, this is not a family affair. This is a professional organization. I could probably take the one off that laptop because, um, yeah, amen. Professional. Let's see what the delegation is saying. PT said he agreed with the delegation. PT, we confused, though. <laughs> <laughs> Google says, I love how PT always starts with, I agree with Pastor Saren. And Toss the Favor says, it's the eye contact with PT and SJR for me. Okay, the Unicorn Report says, either way, I pray they do anything to keep that baby out of foster care. That can be the worst situation for children with special needs. They need lots of love and care. Catherine Gilbert says, right, at least it looks like she's uh, looking for permission not to. I can relate. Yeah. And let me tell you, you have permission to not. And I will say that there are people who are in... Okay. Here's the, all right. There are people who are in the foster care system. I know we've heard a lot of horror stories about foster care parents, but there are people who are literally godsends. And so, you know, take this up in prayer. Remember that no is an option. You're you going to sneak through there? Okay. PT's trying to leave me. <laughs> trying to leave. You might as well just you might as well just walk through now and say something. All right. That was the last advice question, so I guess he can leave now. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, it's a tight space in here. Okay. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> Ashley says, you don't even want the laptop on. Let it die. We ain't crazy. I love you, too. I see you at home. Okay. Um, Claire says, LOL. She said it again. Keep saying everything is fine. You sound like my babe. That's all he says. I say everything is fine. All of, like, they could be like, oh, the office building is burning. You need to run out here. I'd be like, everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. That's my favorite thing to say. Um, So, Vanilla says, I work in foster care and there are good people out there if that becomes an option. Agreed. That's, yeah, there's options. Google says, ain't nothing wrong with the family affair, SJR. We welcome PT anytime. We appreciate his words of wisdom. We love it. Um, Okay. Let's see. 
There says Esher looking upset at PT. Like, why are you leaving me with the people? No, every oh, I'm not gonna say everything's fine again because now I've said it too many times. All right, so you know if you've been listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what, I'm grown and I have daddy issues and I was triggered by what old girl said, or you're like, listen, my family puts in um, expectations on me and those expectations quite literally end up driving me crazy and I don't know how to deal with it. Sometimes I'm looking for someone to give me permission to not do the things that other people expect of me. I want you to consider BetterHelp. BetterHelp is one of the partners of the Woman Evolved podcast. And I already know this. So I had someone very close to me who doesn't even really listen to the podcast, but helps to do things with the podcast. He told me that they were going through a really tough time and decided to sign up for BetterHelp because they're always hearing about it and that it's been really helping them on their on their journey. So if you're trying to figure out what interferes with your happiness, why you cannot advocate for yourself, why you cannot draw lines and boundaries with your family, then I want to suggest that you get connected with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online professional counseling community. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You can sign up for a Christian counselor if you need that. And before you tell me that you can't afford it, I just want you to know it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Anything you share is confidential. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com evolve. Join over 1 million people taking care of their mental health again. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash evolve. All right. How about that? Um, <laughs> Shantina says, I'm just bitter. LOL. Go ahead and kick us out so you can go to your little husband. You know, whenever people say little in front of something, they real bitter. <laughs> your little your, your little job. <laughs> going, going to your little boyfriend over there. Okay. Um, okay. It's snack time. It is snack time in the sanctuary. And our snack this week is about... Fragile identity. Can we go there for a minute? I hate, let me tell you something. As a team, collectively, we have decided that we hate that we chose the word fragile. And by we, it's mostly me. They hate that I chose the word fragile for the month of May because the saints are walking around here fragile, more aware of their feelings, emotions, their mental health than ever before. And I have to be honest with you, that is exactly what I was hoping to accomplish. Um, This month, if you guys haven't signed up for our scripture, our devotional of the week, I want you to sign up at womanevolve.com slash connect because we take whatever the theme is for the month, which this theme is fragility, and then we break it down into different aspects. So we talked about our fragile youth. We talked about our fragile esteem. This week, we're talking about our fragile identity. What does it mean to have a fragile identity? I am going to explain it to you the way that I feel like God gave it to me, and hopefully it'll resonate with you. But to have a fragile identity is to recognize the vulnerability connected with being authentic to who you are. 
We make vulnerability and authenticity seem like it is so easy for everyone. But the truth is, it is not easy for hardly anyone. Vulnerability and authenticity requires that we live life fragilely. It means that we have to tell people when we've been when we've been victimized in some ways, that we have to own up when we have been the villain in someone else's narrative. It's learning to say, ouch. It's learning to say, I'm sorry. It's learning to say to yourself, I don't want to have to put on a mask and pretend that I'm okay when I am not. And so my prayer is that all of us would come to a place where we are willing to embrace that my identity is fragile and it is ever-changing. Can we talk about the ever-changing nature of our identity? I wish that I could tell you that the same person you are today is going to be the same person you are next month. You first get saved. You're on fire for God. You're like, where have I been my whole life? My eyes are open. I get it. I understand it. Six months down the road, this happens happens, that happens, whatever happens. And then you're thinking to yourself, I don't think I could ever trust God, myself or others again. That's how fragile our identities are. We have one experience and we have been forever changed. But the thing about being forever changed is that you are also forever changing. Um, You know how like when um was it the two it was like 2005 and anyone could get approved for a credit card you can't hardly get approved for a credit card now without really having your credit together but in 2005 you didn't have to have any credit and they were giving out limits i mean five thousand ten thousand dollar limits we didn't have to know how much money you made they were just giving out credit cards and what did you do if you were like me you went out and you bought whatever you could on that credit card thinking to yourself when the time is right i'm gonna pay this off i'm gonna just get some money from here i'm gonna get some money from there i'm I'm going to pay it off and then I will be able to pay what was expected of me based off of what I spent. I feel like having a fragile identity feels a lot like that. Sometimes we step into roles on credit. I'm stepping into this job on credit. I don't know if I have what it takes. I'm stepping into this relationship on credit. I'm spending, I'm showing up, but I don't know if I have what it takes. And yet there is a moment in which we have to pay. We have to show up with real truth, real authenticity, real vulnerability. And sometimes we aren't sure that we can pay the cost to step into the roles connected to our identity. Identity, And yet I wanted you to know that as we talk about fragile identity, that when we step into places on credit, when we feel like we don't have enough, that I don't have what it takes and I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to maintain this long term, that you are not supposed to maintain it long term. You need God's help. You need God's grace. You need God's wisdom and God's strategy. The goal is to be utterly dependent on God. What I'm saying is this. God wants to be your direct deposit. Okay. He wants to pay you daily, okay? He wants to deposit into your life everything that you need in order to pay the price to be who you are. In order to do that, you have to create an environment and atmosphere for God's grace, God's glory, His creativity, strategy, peace, wisdom, kindness, all of those things that we feel like we spend without always having enough to back it up. He says that I can give you that and it can run in the overflow. Your identity may be fragile, but your God is fearless. He's strong. He is a strong tower and he knows how to protect what's down on the inside of you. 
So you got to be able to trust God. Carolyn Hayes says, utterly dependent on God. Raina says, that's spot on. Daniel King says, God is so great. I love this snack. As Perry says, hey, you was great Friday. It set me up for something that really hurt me on Sunday. I allowed myself to fall apart in my husband's arms on Sunday night. I felt so naked. I needed it though. Fragile. Oh my gosh, you don't know how it blesses me to hear that. If you haven't caught Hey You, Hey You is just a monthly ministry meetup that we do on YouTube and Facebook. I actually preach. I know when we're doing the podcast, I kind of drop some gems, but I actually take the time to share where I am and to share a message that I think can help us. And that Hey You was really special to me because I felt fragile, right? I explained it early on. We did like this beauty and fragility theme. And so we all got all beautified. But then I was like, this is too much. You're doing the most. You need to calm down. And I started feeling like this is why you shouldn't be in ministry. Like my mind, you talk about a negative spiral. If you're in the Woman Evolved Book Club, we're talking about getting out of our head. I went down this negative spiral of like, this is why you shouldn't, fragile identity, come on. This is why you shouldn't be in ministry. You do too much. You need to just keep it basic, keep it simple. I'm saying literally all of these things to myself. I'm still studying, still praying, still asking God to just help me show up in this moment on credit, come on somebody. And um, when it was time for me to step into that moment, God's resources backed me up. I didn't even have to worry about my own experiences and resources. And so if you get a chance, I would love for you to check out Hey You, The Fragile Edition. But even if you don't get a chance, if you could check out You, The Fragile Edition, not The Strong Friend Edition, not that I'm just going to suppress everything edition, but allow yourself to have moments where you recognize the fragility of your soul without condemnation, without shame, without remorse or regret. You're human. You're human and life is tough. You're human and life is heartbreaking sometimes. You're human and life is also beautiful. And I don't want you to be so caught up trying to be strong, trying to make sure other people think you're powerful and wise and witty and intelligent, that you miss the opportunities to just be sensitive and delicate and be okay with the dichotomy of who you are. You're both of those things, sweet and sour, okay? You are an enigma and basic, okay? It is okay to be all of those things. I love y'all. I love you so much. S. Freeman says, God is the only constant that I can be fragile with in my alone time, and that's all right. Angie says, on credit, hand put the praise hands up. We love that. Terrence says, S.J.R., you sound like my therapist. You're human. Katara says, hey, you, the fragile edition, help me to realize I lost my sensitivity. God, bring me back to my senses. Thank you, Pastor. SJR Deanna says, whew, your testimonies are so needed, SJR. I love you. Thankful Queen says, when I say Sarah read my whole life, I cry from start to finish with Hey You. I love that. Uh, Carla said that video is private. It shouldn't be private. It should be up there. I'll double check when we get off uh, to make sure that you all have access to it. But the, the message part is up there and I hope you check it out. Tiana says, I love you too, SJR. Tiffany says, love you, SJR. Let's pray. Let's pray over these fragile identities that are ever changing in a world that is tough. And yet we show up anyway. God, we receive your strength. We have none. Or the strength that we do have is not enough for the life around us. We receive your power. We recognize that, first of all, we are not alone. 
that you did not create the heavens and the earth and then send us down here to be disconnected from you. Your goal was always for us to have connection with you. And there are moments where we lose that connection. We cannot see you clearly. We cannot see ourselves clearly. And we're still trying to navigate a world that is so dark, so scary, so big and bad. And yet you are greater than all of those things. So Father, we welcome you into our fragility. God, we welcome your presence. We welcome your joy. We welcome your strength. We welcome the wisdom connected with your presence. God, touch every fragile soul listening to this podcast. Help them to feel your love, your peace, and allow them to recognize that you are always there and awaiting for them to tap into the peace that you provide. We acknowledge that you are holy, that you are righteous, that you are everything that we need and that we don't have to have deficit if we are connected with you. Fill us with your spirit. Allow it to overflow and to change our lives and everyone connected to us. Thank you for families being healed and restored, for identities being healed and restored, for joy being healed and restored. We thank you, God, that because of your connection, we will be free to live, love, and laugh out loud again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We going, we going. Where the healing reside, where the healing reside. Thank you.